Welcome to the Abroadcast. I'm Derek Bradley. I manage education abroad here at University of the Pacific. This week, our guest is Laura Koga, who went to our partner in Japan, Waseda University. Welcome, Laura. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> or sorry, hello. Hello. Yeah, the, hello, hello, hello works. <laughs> so, Laura, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Um, where did you study abroad, which we've already alluded to? <laughs> Um, so I'm Laura Koga. I studied abroad at Waseda University in Tokyo, or more specifically Shinjuku. I am a senior at University of the Pacific. I major in psychology and I have a minor in biology. So when did you decide to study abroad? I decided to study abroad the first semester of my junior year, which is when I started doing the application process, and I left my second semester of my junior year. Wow, that was um, pretty fast. You threw that together. Yeah, it was pretty, well, it was like the beginning, kind of going into my junior year. I was deciding, you know, I really don't have anything. I'm not doing anything at school. I really like plateaued, and I see all my friends kind of doing their club stuff, and I was like, that's not really for me. I kind of want to find my thing. And I was like, why not go to Japan? Like, I'll just take a break. I'll just leave UOP entirely. And so I kind of just, talked to my parents about it and they're totally fine with it and I just went straight in from there. Did you know other students who had studied abroad before? I haven't. I've heard of some some of my family members later when I was explaining it to my parents they were talking about it with like their friends or like our cousins and they're like oh yeah apparently like this person studied abroad or like this person so I kind of learned about it more after the fact about all these people who studied abroad. Um, I knew some people acquaintances more like that had, but no one that I knew personally that had studied abroad before. So how did you choose your program? There's a lot of programs to choose from. Um, well, for me, it was I knew I wanted to go to Japan, so I had limited it down specifically to that. I knew that I wanted to go to probably something that was more central, so I was looking at Tokyo. I didn't really want to be too much in the country because I'm from Hawaii, I'm from the country, I came to Stockton, which is a little bit of a small town environment as well. And so I kind of wanted to go out of my boundaries a little bit, step out of my box. And so I was like, why not go to a city, experience life in a city for six months? And so that's kind of how I chose Tokyo. From Tokyo, I was looking at the schools and Derek, you recommended to me Waseda and said that they have a really big international program. They have a lot of school, like a lot of classes that are available. And so for me, that was kind of like the selling point was this, there's a big international population, first of all. They, they're really great at speaking English. They're very, they cater to a lot of their English speakers. And the fact that they had so many classes to pick from, that yeah, that kind of made me choose Waseda. So based on kind of what you were expecting, based on how you chose that program, did it live up to expectations? Oh, for sure. I love Waseda. Honestly, that's one of like, that school itself is amazing. They're so, like, they cater so much to their students. The campus is beautiful. Like, the whole area is really safe. It's There's so much things to do. It's a, a lot of fun. There's a lot of clubs. There's a lot of events. And yeah, like, I didn't think it would be that great. I thought, you know, the whole Japan experience would be really fun. But I didn't think that the whole school experience would be fun just to have the whole Japan experience. Like they have so many different activities that they do for their students there that, that it kind of threw me off guard. And I was like, wow, I wasn't really expecting that. But I really, really enjoy Waseda. Waseda is a beautiful school. So tell me a little bit more about uh, when you said they cater to the students. Um, is that talking about like support services? How did, can you give me some examples about how they provided strong support for the international students? Yeah, I mean, the, the program itself, they had a lot of support where they would just email us constantly. Whenever I called or whenever I emailed, they got back to me almost immediately. Um, so they're very catering that aspect before going to Japan. And even while I was there, when I was trying to get everything settled down, I was like talking to everybody and they're so willing to help. You know, everyone's extremely helpful. There's also like a lot of club activities. There's this thing called Club Rush, which is 
a crazy event. So if someone goes to Oceda, definitely try and go to Club Rush. There's just millions of or thousands of people just in the courtyard and everyone's throwing papers everywhere. And like you'll walk through students and you'll just have papers in your hand, not knowing who gave it to you. They'll just put it in your hands. And so those types of things where they just they want to get you involved. They want you to be a part of the school. You know, it's not they have so much school spirit and they're so proud of where they're from. And so just like Feeling like you're part of the campus, feeling like you're part of the school, that that really made me feel like, well, I am a Waseda student. You know, I'm not an exchange student just visiting. I'm, I'm part of this school. Tell me about your first impressions when you arrived at Waseda. I just remember seeing it and being like, wow, this campus is huge. It is so big. Every building has like escalators. So yeah, one of my classes, I had to take eight escalators just to get to my class. Yeah, my Japanese class, I had to leave like early just because I know I had to take the escalators up. And I was like, there's no, like there was an elevator, but it was more for teachers or for people who like disabled or who needed it. So yeah, like that to me was ridiculous because I'm so used to really small buildings that have stairs for the most part. And yeah, just like going into a building and like looking up and just seeing like 10 stories tall. And I'm like, wow, these are all classrooms. So that was like my first experience or just realizing that this place is so big. Like it's filled with so many students. And I also recognized that there was a lot of different um, people of different backgrounds. Like I heard Chinese or I heard Korean and I heard, you know, just pe people speaking different languages. So I knew like it wasn't just a Japanese school, which was interesting. Yeah, those are some of my first, very first um, impressions of it. Were there a lot of, uh, well, you already said this, but how many international students did you have? Do you have an idea, like a ballpark? Were you all in orientation together? Um, It was hard because, yeah, like for my experience, we were all in orientation together because I'm part of SILS, which has a lot of Japanese students as well. But, SILS? Sorry, uh, it's the School of International Liberal Studies. Okay. Yeah, is the program that I was enrolled into. Um, so why did you choose that program? Um, specifically because of their classes. So they have all their classes taught in English for the most part. So they had classes that catered to me the most. And what did you take? I ended up taking uh, Buddhism in Japan, which is like a religious a religion course. And then I took um, evolutionary biology. Now, did those were those GEs? Um, evolutionary biology was for my minor. And then Buddhism in Japan was a GE. And you... Any other classes? You only took two classes? I took two regular classes, so two lecture, like actual lecture classes. And then all the other classes I took were Japanese language classes. Okay. So we had to take six credits of Japanese language classes. However you wanted to separate that was up to you. So I did one three credit class and three one credit classes. So I had four Japanese classes. Okay. Yeah. And then plus my two lecture classes. So a total of six, but we met differently for each class. And so the SILs had orientation together? Yeah, so all of sales had our orientation together. And so there are some students who were Japanese students um, in sales, but a lot of them were either um, exchange students or like foreign students, like people who were at Waseda, who were actual students of Waseda, but who came from a different country. Yeah. Okay. And how was that orientation? What do you remember from that? It was good. It was really well planned out. I didn't feel like it was like messy. Every, they knew what they were doing. They're like, okay, this is... Um, this orientation is going to last from this long to this long. You have a break and then come back to this room. Then we're going to do this part for this long and then we'll take questions. And yeah, every, I think everything went really smoothly. I ended up meeting a lot of my friends that I became really close with at that orientation. Um, so was it just all information or were there activities? Um, for the most part, it was just information. It was just, hey, sit, like, listen up. This is what we have to tell you. This is how you're going to have to register for classes later on. These are the rules of the school, things like that. Um, 
but I never felt like it was boring. It was pretty engaging. They kept it really like short and sweet and simple. So that was also helpful too. Something that was kind of different for me though is that I missed like the big general orientation. Yeah, so I only went to Sills's orientation because I remember when we were booking flights, Waseda kind of lets you know a little bit later in the timeline. Yeah, timeline of things, if you get accepted or not. So when I was booking flights, my parents wanted to come with me and flights were extremely expensive if we wanted to make general the general orientation. So I called them and they said, you know, that's totally fine. I totally understand. Um, as long as you make your own program orientation, which was the sales orientation, you'll be okay. So they're very accommodating in that aspect. So that's why I missed the general orientation. But from what I talked to with my friends about like what I missed, they said I didn't really miss that much either. So. In terms of activities that the university planned for you, was it mainly just directing you to the clubs or did they have like field trips, excursions planned, anything for you? How did that work? Um, the school itself didn't really have like activities planned for us. It was more like, as you said, directing us to places that would, um, would plan those activities. So for me specifically, we, we got directed towards like an international club, which ended up being a lot of fun. But yeah, so it's more like they'll give you the resources to find your group, basically. Now, jumping back a little bit, what did you think of the classes that you were in? They're interesting. They're a little bit different from what you're used to, um, depending on your background or like what classes that you take. I'm like for my science classes, I was kind of used to like the teacher just talking to you. Like it's very much like you come, you sit and you listen. And then there's not a lot of engagement within other peers so it's kind of like a general science class for people from like smaller class backgrounds I know one of my friends was saying that she wasn't used to that she's used to smaller classrooms so she's used to like group work and getting to know her classmates and like everyone talking to each other but that's kind of not really how it is just because I think it's a bigger school so your lecture halls are typically a lot bigger you don't really have the opportunity to talk to one another it was for the most part I thought it was okay um the grading's a little bit different. You only have two exams. You have your midterm and your final, and that's basically it. Um, so yeah, like my bio teacher, basically, if um, once she returned our midterms, she told us, you know, if you failed, you might as well just leave the class because there's no way in making your grade up now. So she's like, here's your test. If you failed, you can just leave. And so people actually left, and yeah, it was kind of kind of sad or kind of scary actually to think about, but. Yeah, in that aspect, it was kind of shocking and I had to adjust a little bit for that and really, really, really study hard because I know if I mess this one up, then this is basically it. But other than that, I think it was all right. I didn't really have too much like shocks in that aspect. Yeah. So a lot of Pacific students tell me that they are worried about leaving all their friends here at Pacific. They have anxiety about kind of making social connections abroad. Can you tell me what that experience was like for you? Oh, yeah. It's. I mean, it's definitely scary. I won't say that it's not, you know, like anytime you leave your comfort zone, it's definitely a big step that you have to take. And it's definitely intimidating. But um, for me, it was it wasn't too bad because I was put in an international dorm. So everyone that lived in my dorm were all international students. So they, we all were in the same boat, basically. So as soon as I got there, everyone was super helpful and super nice. Um, like I ran into a girl in the hallway and she was like, oh, if you need help, like, let me know. Like I can help you with your paperwork things. And I was like, oh, perfect. Thank you. Um, my dorm created like a Facebook page for everyone that was in it. And I ended up meeting two girls who were also from Hawaii through the Facebook page because they saw my page and they're like, oh, she's also from Hawaii. Like, let's like meet her and like talk to her. So. It wasn't too bad because of that, like there were the fact that our school put us all in the dorm where we're all 
understanding each other's situations better. It was really easy to make friends and really easy to, I think, meet other people that way. And then from there, you meet, you know, those people know, like your friends that you meet in the dorm know other people and then you meet those people and you kind of just branch out from there and you just have to be open to meeting literally everyone. Like anyone that you come in contact with, just say hi and talk to them and like see where they're from and, you know, get to know them. And yeah, it is scary, it is intimidating, but I think it's, it's a good skill to learn and it's definitely worth it because you make a lot of great friends from all over the place that way. Are you still in touch with any of the people that you made friends with over there? I am. We still talk every now and then. I have like a friend in Canada, a friend in China, like my friends in Hawaii back home. So I still talk to them every now and then. It's kind of hard since we're all in different places now. But yeah, like we all follow each other on social media. So I keep up with them and keep up with what they're doing. So that's good too. Social media keeps it easy. <laughs> Tell me about some of the biggest cultural differences that you um, observed when you were over there that had made the biggest impression on you. It's kind of weird because I know a lot about Japanese culture because I'm Japanese. So I know like a lot of my upbringing is pretty similar to how I pictured Japan to actually be like. There wasn't too much of a shock because, you know, these are things you learned growing up for me. Some things that were a little bit more surprising than others is that I don't know if it's because it's a city or if it's because it's Japan, but a lot of people just kind of keep to themselves. No one, like they'll help you if you ask for help, but for the most part, everyone's just doing their own thing. And I don't mind that. I think that's a great thing. You know, everyone's minding their own business, going about their own ways. Everyone has their own things to do. So that was kind of interesting. It's not like America where if you make eye contact, you'll smile. In Japan, you make eye contact, you'll hold eye contact for a really like uncomfortably long time and then you'll break eye contact. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. Like. I noticed that people in Japan kind of just stare, but I don't think they mean anything by it. They're mm. just kind of looking at you. And, but for us, it's like, am I wearing something wrong? Or like, is something on my face? And <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've had those situations a lot where I'm sitting on the train and someone would just be looking at me and I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, but you know, I don't say anything. I'm kind of just like, oh, okay, interesting. That was kind of an interesting one. Um, yeah, then the fact that like everyone really just keeps it himself, no one really bothers bothers with other people. Everyone's very modest. They all dress very kind of monotone. Like when you walk through the city, you'll see a lot of people just wearing gray, beige, black. You won't really see like bright colors or like pinks or reds. So it was kind of hard for me in that aspect to kind of dress more modestly sometimes. But then sometimes I'm like, you know, I want to kind of dress my American way, the way I'm used to dressing. And so I would do that, but then also kind of get some looks and. Yeah, that was that was definitely a shock, but yeah, I think those were the ones that kind of stood out to me the most. What did a typical day in the life look like when you were studying abroad? So we would wake up, we would walk to class, which was about like 15 minutes, not that far. Sometimes we would grab breakfast, there's convenies or convenience stores. There's literally three on the way to my school, which is like a 10, 15 minute walk. So you can pick up lunch, pick up breakfast. Ice coffee? Oh, pick up coffee, some tea, they have warm tea. Oh, uh, the best when it was cold. Yeah, literally anything you need, you'll find it in a convenience store and for really cheap. So we lived off of convenience stores, basically. Now, your program started in March, right? Yes. And was it snowing? Like, what was the weather um, like? No, it wasn't too cold, actually. It was like spring there, so it was okay. beautiful. Like, if you can go to Japan in the spring, I would say definitely do it. It's so amazing. I thought people were just hyping up like cherry blossom season. It's beautiful. It's so great. It's like one of the, like, my fondest memories of Japan was just like going there the first time and just exploring and seeing all the cherry blossoms. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. So it wasn't too bad. It was like kind of like a fall, a little bit colder sometimes, um, but for the most part it was all right. But then it 
we kind of experienced a lot of different seasons because we got like the really rainy season and then the super hot season right when we left. So we got a fair share of like the different <laughs> um, environments. Yeah. So at, you walked to school in the morning and yes. stopped on the way. And yeah. Then... So we'll pick up a breakfast on the way sometimes. Um, go to school. I'll typically go to class and then after I'll meet up with my friends for lunch. Waseda's cafeteria is amazing. It's so great. The food is so cheap. It's like less than $5 and it's really filling and also really good, like delicious. So we always go to the cafeteria, grab food there. We'll typically just eat there if we can find a seat. Um, sometimes we'll go to the garden. There's a garden like right next to the cafeteria. We'll hang out there, talk, talk a little bit, eat like our desserts that we picked up or like some snacks. And then um, I'll go either back to class or back to my dorm, hang out in my dorm for a bit, finish whatever I need to do. And then once my friends got off of their class, then we'll go adventure. So either sometimes we'll go to Shibuya, we'll go shopping, or we'll go to Shinjuku, or yeah, just kind of like whatever we had planned for that day. We're like, oh, let's go do this today. Like, we'll go and do that. What was some of your most memorable adventures? Ooh, um, it's definitely a lot during cherry blossom season. There was just, we just were going around to different parks a lot. So we took like one of those duck paddle boat things out onto like this little lake and there's like cherry blossoms and it was like a scene from a movie. It was so beautiful. So there's some from that, just like seeing the different scenery. Any epic disasters? No. Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> For the most part, Japan's very accommodating. Yeah. And I tell that to everybody. Like, no matter what, like, Japan is super, super accommodating. Like, if you get lost, it's not that hard to get back, you know? And, like, if you need help, like, you can ask somebody. Or, like, there's things, like, literally everywhere to help you. So I haven't had too many bad experiences, like, with my friends. Or, like, we were like, oh, my God, we're, like, we're screwed. Just because it's, it's so easy to just, like, backtrack, basically. Yeah, so, like, there wasn't too many, like disasters i would say i don't know i don't like some <laughs> we would go to clubs a lot there's a lot of clubs in the city how do they compare well i don't know because i don't club in america I'm, yeah. I'm i was underage when i left <laughs> so my first experiences of being of age were in japan yeah which is a little bit different they don't id much there because i think they just trust you so i'm only the entire time i was there for the whole like four five months i got id'd once and I think it was because of the person I was with more than it was because of me. Yeah, so, yeah, drinking is kind of like a very... It, that's a whole different culture that's very interesting, I think. But yeah, so we would go to clubs, which were awesome, super fun. Stay out to like four in the morning and then either walk back to our um, university or like take an Uber or just wait till the first train. So we would like be in McDonald's at 5 a.m. like eating our little chicken sandwiches and then just waiting for the trains. So those are some pretty interesting memories. Those are really fun. We did a trip with the club that we were with to Yamanashi, which is like the base of Mount Fuji. And that was really fun because it was basically just a bunch of um, Japanese students and then like a few international students. And we got to kind of experience what it's like to just go on a retreat with them. Japan, like most, for the most part, they're very comfortable, like showering together, which was for us a really big shock. And so like one of the first experiences I had with my friends, we were like, oh, we just all shower together. And we're like, 
okay, I guess this is how we do it here. So that was like super interesting, super. Did you go to any hot springs? Because that's we the did way it after is. After that, because okay. yeah, because we were like kind of hesitant on onsens because I had really just met these people, like some of my friends are like kind of all like so shy and uncomfortable around each other, and then that really like breaks the ice because you're like, okay, you can't you can't like be uncomfortable now at this point. So yeah, after that had happened, then I had gone to an onsen later with a friend who came to visit me from Hawaii or who. A friend from Ho- my high school friend from Hawaii who was also at Wasetta, which You're was interesting. your best friends now. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna take you to an onsen," and she was like, "Okay, so I was like, fun," and I was like, "All right, we're gonna do it." Like, I didn't think she'd actually say yes, but I was like, "All right, sounds fun, yeah." And so after that, I mean, she was totally fine with it. And after a while, you kind of just get, you know, it it. You blow past it. At first, it's like, okay. And then you're like, ah, whatever. You you know, you're fine. Yeah. So that was super interesting. It was very kind of shocking because literally they'll just walk around like so comfortable with it. And all of us were like with our towels, like trying to cover it. We're like, okay, why are we doing this? Like, it's fine. That was a big shock that I didn't think I would have to encounter. But I mean, it was fun. It's a memory that I have. Yeah. And that whole trip was just super interesting. They had like nights where they would just drink, like they'll just have a bunch of cans and you just like stay in a room and you drink and listen to music and like everyone was dancing or like playing games. So yeah, that was, that was really fun. That was one of like my memories of like, this is a very interesting thing that I never thought would happen, but I'm glad that it did. One of the things that's always fascinating to talk about is identity issues. So whether you're from California or being from Hawaii or being Japanese American, did that, um, how people perceived you over there, either peers or Japanese folks over there, did that make an impression on you? It wasn't too bad. I've always kind of had like a weird, I always felt like my identity was a little bit of everything. You know, I'm very much a Japanese American, but Hawaii is, has such a big cultural impact on me that I definitely have a lot of Hawaii influences in who I am. So I've always kind of been secure in knowing that I am a Japanese American from Hawaii. Like that's always been my identity. Because of that, I think I look a little bit different to most Japanese people because we're a little bit, I'm a little bit darker skinned, um, some aspects such as that. So there's some cases where like people would try to like figure out what I was or like were really surprised that I was Japanese or like things like that, that to me was not so much, like I didn't take it as like a, impact or like I wasn't hurt by it. It was more just like I was surprised. But it's also something that I was used to because when I came to California and I was telling people, oh yeah, I'm full Japanese. They're like, you're full Japanese. So I've gotten that before. So I'm kind of used to it just because I think Japanese Americans from Hawaii don't look like your typical Japanese Japanese. And so, yeah, I was kind of used to it, but it was definitely weird. I remember a lady was sitting on a train and she was, she was just looking at me and I was like, all right, I'm used to that. But then she was like, Vietnamese and I'm like excuse me I was like what but like in a very strong Japanese accent and I was like oh no and she was like Filipino and I'm like no (laughs) so she just kind of kept trying to guess and then I didn't know how to tell her like I'm just like Mongolian (laughs) yeah I was just like sure you know whatever you want me to be I'll be that like if that makes you happy like I'll, I'll just be that and so that was definitely surprising and yeah so it was kind of it was a weird experience. I think a lot of there's a lot of Japanese people who were surprised about me speaking Japanese, but then also a lot of people who expected me to speak Japanese. So it was like a weird like So how's your language? It's, it's all right. I mean, I s- think I spoke at like a kindergartner level <laughs> when I was there. Like I could get my ideas across and in the end I could 
typically get what I needed. Um, so I mean, that's kind of. Did people react when you were speaking Japanese, expecting you to be fluent? Yeah. So a lot of times, it was more in like touristy areas. They're really good at just like. Knowing who's a tourist and who's not. So I remember when I went with my family, I was speaking for them, you know, just buying stuff or like asking how much things are, stuff like that. Just like casual conversations, and a lot of them would be like, "Oh wow, your Japanese is really good." Like to me in Japanese, and I was like, "Oh, like thank you, like I appreciate that," because you know, I'm, it's still a compliment, but it was like a very interesting thing to like, "Oh, they know that I'm not Japanese," you know, or like I, they know that I'm not a Japanese national, and so that was interesting. But then there's also times where people would come up to me speaking Japanese, and I'm like, "Oh, I, I have no idea." You're saying to me, so yeah, that was. It's interesting to see how people kind of perceive me as like, oh, she's not Japanese or she is Japanese, you know. What about for students who are nervous about going on a、um, study abroad program when they don't know any foreign languages?、Mm-hmm. Would this be a program that they could go on? Did you notice other students on the program who didn't know any Japanese, and how did they do? I would say, like, honestly, it's not that bad. I a lot of people in my classes. Didn't know anything coming to Japan. There was a lot of people who didn't even know how to read like the alphabets. So, and they did fine. I mean, they functioned fine. They traveled. They did whatever they they wanted to do. So, I definitely think it's possible.、Um, don't let that intimidate you. I would say they have, like I said, Waseda has a lot of Japanese classes available to the students,、um, and they start from li- literally level zero to level f- like I think four or five is the highest you can go. So yeah, there's people who just came in like not literally not speaking a lick of Japanese, and they did fine. They stayed the whole four or five months. So yeah, don't don't let that intimidate you. I think it's a great way of learning the language is just immersing yourself completely in it. So we have two students who are heading to Waseda in the spring. What advice do you have for them? Be excited! It's so much fun. Honestly, I know it's really intimidating and can get really scary at times, but just stay excited. Be excited. Try and experience as much as you can. I wasn't able to kind of branch out as much as I wanted to. They have Mosada has like a thing called oh I forget what the name of it, but it's like a cafe room thing where they bring Japanese students in with like American like a、students. language corner type. Yeah,、thing? sort of like that. It's like you have lunch with like Japanese students basically. So do those. It's part of like the ICC intercultural communications、um, program that they have. Do that, like meet the, meet Japanese students. I think that's one of the things that I kind of regretted is like the only time I was meeting them really was through the club, and you don't really get a lot of times to like one on one with them or like really talk to them. So I would say just try and immerse yourself as as many clubs as you can, be in as like many events or like participate as much as you can. Honestly, because I think that's the best way to meet other Japanese students. I would also say. Don't be too worried about school. <laughs> I think I was a little bit too worried. I was like trying to save all of my like skip days for the end, and I never really ended up using a lot of them. So I tend to like miss out on some things because I was so afraid of skipping classes. But don't be afraid of that. Honestly, it's I know that's maybe not the best advice to give, but I think try and have fun. Try and find that nice balance of school and fun, and still travel and like experience things. Yeah. So one of the benefits of our partnership with Waseda is we get to receive students from Waseda here at Pacific. Shout out to Taiga, Yay, <laughs> Taiga, Taiga, if you're listening, what's up?、Um, so did you have you met Taiga? What did you talk about when you connected with yeah, him? Yeah, I met Taiga. He's great. He's so much fun.、Um, 
what did we talk about? We just talked about like everything for a couple hours. Like, oh yeah, yeah. We just had coffee and we just chatted, and um, he was telling me about like his life in Japan and like what he's studying in Waseda and like what his plans are. And I was telling him about EOP and like kind of giving him some advice of like how to get around. He had some questions for me. I know he had some issues about like traveling to SF because he spent like I think fifty. Yeah, they yeah. Ubered. <laughs> yeah, oh, they, they got they screwed Ubered by from, the Uber. Yeah, from Stockton to oh, San Francisco. So expensive. Well, luckily he's yeah. with a whole group of other uh, yeah. exchange students, but still, that they got yeah. really. Whew. Yeah, I think he's kind of figured it out now. I've been keeping in touch with him still, and he's. I think he has a friend that drives, or like he's figured out something. So. Um, yeah, just like we just talked about literally everything, and I was telling him, you know, if you ever need help, then I'm here, and um, likewise. So, yeah, it was great. Tiger's Tiger's great. He's a cool, cool kid. He is, he is. <laughs> You may have already talked about some of this, but what were some of your best memories from your from your time? Ooh, um, I think it's hard because there's so many. I feel like every moment that I had there was just like a best memory because I would just a lot of times I would forget or like I would say this to my friends too. Like we would forget that we're in Japan. You know, like we forget that that's our life now. And so just taking that moment of being like, yeah, this is where I live. Like that's that's crazy to ever think that like I would actually do something like that. So I don't know. Every moment to me was just amazing because in perspective of like me and or just putting everything in perspective, I found every moment to be the best. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Do you feel like your semester abroad kind of made an impact on you? Like changed you in any way? Um, what what in what areas would you notice kind of? Um. It had yeah, an for impact? sure. I'm definitely more open than I was about a lot of things I'm I think I'm more I feel like I'm a little bit more sociable than I used to be um I also feel like I just have a better understanding of like our world is so small or like we we live in a small bubble I think a lot typically and until you get that experience to travel until you get that experience to like really branch out and like see the world as is it you always kind of have that like little mindset or I feel like I that was for me anyways where I came from a small town I moved to a small town and although that was a big change I still never really was able to grasp the whole like how big the world is and so going to Japan I realized that like there's so many people from so many different backgrounds who speak so many different languages who have such like rich histories and like very interesting life experiences and so to me, just like it opened up my mind to the amount of people that there are and like the possibilities that there are for everybody. Um, I think that was probably like the biggest thing that I kind of took away from the whole experience. I'm sure there's like some small things that I've changed about myself. I probably am like a little bit more independent. I'm more willing to take risks, but for the most part, it's just realizing that we are a very small part of a very, very big world. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks to all of our listeners out there. You can find more information about Waseda and study abroad on our website, go.pacific.edu slash pacificabroad. You can also follow us on Instagram at pacific.abroad and Facebook at pacificabroad. Thanks to Pacific Tiger Broadcasting and the amazing Camille Khalili, our producer. Uh, thank you to Laura for being with us today. And a reminder to all of our listeners, you can afford it. You can graduate on time. You can go. So come find out how by visiting us in the Bechtel International Center.